Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. Feeling ready to create your fate? Don't just think about it. Take inspired action. And yes, this is officially your sign because there are still a few spots left in my Create Your Fate Yoga and Mindfulness Retreat in August taking place in Canton, Texas that I am hosting with my amazing friend, Jose Portillo, who I know y'all have heard on the podcast. So visit letscreateyourfate.com for more information and I'll see you all there. Can y'all believe that we have been doing this podcast together for over six months? And I say we because, sure, I'm the one driving the bus here and writing the episodes, but you are the one who is on your journey, doing the work, digging into understanding yourself more. So kudos to you. I applaud you. And uh, even if this is your first time hanging out, I'm proud of you for tuning in and wanting to start your personal development journey. So to celebrate six months of the Create Your Fate podcast, I thought I would do a little Enneagram breakdown. So if you're new here, the Enneagram is a personality test rooted in spiritual growth, and it describes patterns of how you interpret the world and and manage your emotions. And I use the Enneagram for my coaching. It's one of my three foundations for my coaching. And the other two are the law of attraction, which I talk about often on here, and consciousness, which I'm going to get into that a little bit today, too. And I really just wanted to dedicate some time into uh, just deep diving into the Enneagram so you can begin to understand yourself more. I discovered the Enneagram, oh gosh, four or five years ago. I think it was like on Instagram or something. I'm like, oh, I like this. Um, What is this test? I think I just took in like a... BuzzFeed, like I'm a Hufflepuff test. And I was super into all these online tests. I'm like, oh, what's this Enneagram um, test? And I didn't think anything of it. And I took it and I made the guy I was dating at the time, he took it. So we're looking at each other's numbers and it was like, whoa, like so spot on. It was unreal. So I started diving into it even more. Actually, Brene Brown talks about the Enneagram in her new book. And she's like, you know, she's all scientific research and whatnot, but she's like, the Enneagram, it's the weirdest thing because it has no scientific background, but it's the most spot on thing that you'll ever, ever experience. And it, it really is. So it helped me learn to understand myself more. And over the years that I've been coaching with it, I've just seen such a, such a change in people where they can grow into this confident human being because they understand themselves better, right? And that's the goal here, right? Is not to put you in a box, right? Uh, The Enneagram is actually not one of those tests that is like, oh, hey, um, you should be an engineer or you should be an actor. It's actually designed so you can understand yourself on a deeper level because understanding yourself is important. Do you agree? I hope you use the Enneagram as a tool to actually navigate, hey, why you might do certain things, how to overcome some of your fears by learning where they come from. And I'm a firm believer that you can be the most competent version of yourself when you deeply understand yourself. I mean, who doesn't want to be the most competent version of yourself, right? Why would you not use a tool that would help? expedite that. 
So my goal today is to help you understand yourself more so you can show up confidently in whatever whatever fate you might create. And I'm going to preface by saying this. There is so much out there on the Enneagram. There is so much to cover. There's nine personality types. There's wings. There's integrations. There's triads. There's subtypes. There's tri-types. There's levels of growth. And today's episode is basically going to be Enneagram 101. So just the basics. I'm going to keep it as simple as I can. And I'm actually going to um, continue to throw in some Enneagram mini podcast episodes about each type. So stay tuned for that. But today, super basic, and I'm going to be coming from my views on the Enneagram, my experiences with the Enneagram, and I'm going to be pairing that with this consciousness uh, to provide a pretty unique coaching perspective so I can offer you guidance around the personalities. And I am going to be quoting a couple of sources. So two sources that I found particularly helpful are Truity and the Enneagram Institute. So I actually use Truity's free test as my preferred free test. So you can visit uh, letscreateyourfate.com to take a free test if you do not know your type. So let's just dive right in. And and I'm going to say this. You are not just your personality. Personality comes from the Greek word persona, which means mask. And I like to view your personality as your mask. Who you are on the inside, your essence, that's who you are, who you really are. And your essence is your true nature, your true being, who you are born as. And just to get a little bit into how your personality develops, uh, somewhere around the ages of two to four, your personality begins to develop based on external factors, such as your environment and also internal factors like your temperament. And your personality starts with an inborn disposition and changes over time as you interact with things in your environment. So basically, it's a little bit of nature, a little bit of nurture combined. So I do want to just talk about a little bit how the brain works in part to form your personality. And I want to talk about brain waves here. And brain waves are electrical impulses in the brain, and they serve as a method for communication of thoughts in your brain. And your brain waves actually change over time in regards to their frequency. And your brain waves are in theta frequency from the ages of two to six. And at this age, you are in this super learning state open to suggestion. And at this age, you are likely to accept uh, what people tell you as true. And then somewhere between the ages of five to eight, the brain waves have changed into alpha frequency, where that analytical mind begins to form. And you start to interpret and draw conclusions from your environment. And all this to say that it's during this time that you absorb everything in your environment to form your personality. Repeated thoughts and experiences during this time now have become thought patterns. And that's basically how you think, right? Your thought patterns. And this is how beliefs are formed and then carried into adulthood, making you 
quote unquote, who you are and who you describe yourself to be right now. So the key here is the belief system. And this is going to serve as the basis for the Enneagram. And this is the kicker here. Uh, personality typing systems that allow you to navigate your mask, they actually funnel down what adapted beliefs may be yours. So this is where it's a helpful tool that can actually help pinpoint, oh yeah, this is part of my belief system and this is not. And you know, something to note though, since your personality is formed due to an instilled belief system based on your environment growing up, you have the option to remove that mask and not keep a belief that you no longer want. The first step in doing that, it takes consciousness, awareness of the state to do so. And I know it's kind of like a little tricky. So if you got to run that back and listen to that again, uh, please do it. But I'm going to quote one of my favorite quotes here ever. It's um, by C.G. Jung. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Have you ever said, I don't know, that's just the way I do things? Or heard, eh, that's just who he is. Or she's always been this way. That is the unconscious belief system masking as a personality. If conscious awareness of certain beliefs and behaviors allow us to remove our mask, the anagram serves as a magnifying glass or like a funnel and allows you to narrow down what your mask might look like. Okay, so let's get into let's get into the actual Enneagram. And I'm going to quote Trudy here. It's a system of nine types. And Trudy states, according to the Enneagram, each of the nine personality types is defined by a particular core belief about how the world works. This core belief drives your deepest motivations and fears and fundamentally shapes a person's worldview and the perspective through which they see the world and the people around them. Our core beliefs are not necessarily incorrect, but they can serve as being blinders for people. Understanding our Enneagram type and how it colors our perceptions can help us to broaden our perspective and approach situations more effectively. Again, bringing consciousness to the unconscious. So the Enneagram is a number system, one through nine. We keep it nice and simple, one through nine. And you have a dominant number. And you might have other numbers that score high if you take a test. And you likely will have some of those traits. But your primary number is the focus because each number has its own motivators, which are your core fear, your core desire, and your core message that your superego says to you, like this, this fake view that's trying to keep that mask on. Your superego is essentially the complete opposite of your essence. It's trying so hard to keep your mask on because with your mask on, your superego feels safe. So your superego wants to do everything to keep you safe. And it says, hey, leave this mask on and, and we don't have to, to change anything. But in order to discover your essence, you have to bring consciousness to your personality. So uh, these core motivators, your core fear, core desire, core superego message, these 
motivators, they're formed from your thought patterns and they now shape the habits of your thoughts and actions now. So let's talk about the actual numbers and I'm going to keep it super high level and basic. Like I said, uh, tune into the little mini podcasts that are coming out, which will be around five minute mini pod on each type specifically. So in the meantime, if you know your number, you can head to my website for more information and you can actually click on a free Enneagram life hack, or you can actually take the test on my website as well. So Let's talk about the Enneagram symbol. And if you look it up, if you don't know what it looks like, just Google a picture of it. But uh, it looks like a big circle with a bunch of lines on it. And it's a nine-pointed geometric symbol. It has an outer circle. And then the nine points, which are the personalities, they are numbered clockwise and evenly spaced throughout the circle. And each number is connected to two other numbers within the circles. So the lines are connecting each number to two other numbers. So you have your dominant number and we call that your primary number. So I'm going to talk about something called wings. Wings are really important of the Enneagram. And this is a very common question I get a lot because it's kind of tricky. So let me break it down. So um, you're going to identify your primary number, whether you take a test or research or working with a coach, identify your primary number. And then you're going to see two numbers, one to either side of your primary number. And these numbers are called wings. Each type has two wings, and these must be the numbers that are directly to the side of the primary number. So let me give you an example. Type two has a one wing and a three wing, since one and three are on each side. So you might be a two, but score highly in a type seven on a test. And while you could still possess a lot of seven characteristics, there is no such thing as a type two wing seven. So it's got to be the numbers on the direct sides. So you take on qualities of your wings. So what are wings? You take on qualities of these numbers to your sides and you fluctuate between these qualities as often as daily. Right? Meaning if you uh, are type two, you will take on qualities of one and three. And of those two wings, one wing is likely to be more dominant than the other wing. Your dominant wing serves to be as your wing type. So instead of just saying you are just an Enneagram two, you would say I'm an Enneagram two wing three or two wing one, depending on your dominant wing. And you can go off of your test to figure out your dominant wing, or you can actually look up the descriptions of each wing. And that is something that I have on my Instagram page. So you can visit Let's Create Your Fate on Instagram. So that's your wings. And um, let me explain the lines too, and then we'll go into the actual numbers. So these, these lines that are connecting all of the numbers that make up the Enneagram symbol, these are called integration lines. To paraphrase the Enneagram Institute, I'll say this. There are two lines connected to each type, and they connect with two other types. One line connects with a type that represents how a person behaves when they are moving towards health and growth or are in a really healthy season of life. This line is called the direction of integration or growth. So it's your growth line. 
The other line goes to another type that represents how the person is likely to act if they are under increased stress and pressure. So when they feel like they are not in control of a situation. This line is called the direction of stress or disintegration. So basically, long story short, when you are in a healthy season of growth, you will take on healthy characteristics of the number that your integration line connects you to. And when you are in a season of stress, you will take on the unhealthy characteristics of the number that your disintegration line connects you to. So I know it's a little um, tricky, but I'm going to break this down here. So let's go over the actual numbers, and I'm going to incorporate everything that I've talked about so far. So um, I'm going to review the three motivators that I mentioned before, your core fear, your core desire, and that superego message, and then along with the wings and the integration lines. So here are the nine types. Let me run through them all. Number one, the perfectionist, or reformer, it's another name for it. Two, the helper. Three, the achiever. Four, the individualist. Five, the investigator. Six, the loyalist. Seven, the enthusiast. Eight, the challenger. Nine, the peacemaker. And I'm going to invite you to listen to each number for a few reasons. So if you know your number, don't just skip ahead to your number, but it you listen to all the numbers, it's going to serve as a super helpful tool when you try and understand other people's numbers. And uh, second, when I talk about wings and integration lines, it'll help you understand all of the numbers because you might have some of these other numbers. Well, you will have some other numbers, but uh, you don't want to skip over your number. Okay. So just, I'm going to run through these very, very quickly. So one, the perfectionist or the reformer. Ones are defined by their belief that everything must be in order and by their feeling that they must always be right. They show great commitment and determination to improve conditions that they find need improvement, and they are not shy about encouraging others to improve themselves too. They are supremely disciplined and honest, but can struggle with being overly critical and resentful. So a one, their basic fear is being bad or evil or corrupt. And their basic desire is to be good and have integrity. And their superego tells them, hey, you are good if you do what is right. So an Enneagram one will have a wing nine and a wing two. And when in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of an Enneagram seven. And when they are in stress, they take on the unhealthy character. Ter- characteristics of an Enneagram 4. So I'm going to keep it super basic and tune in to the mini episodes that I'm going to go into further depth on all of those facts for each type. So type 2, the helper. Twos want to be liked and find ways that they can be of service to others so they can belong. They have a strong need to be affiliated with others and pursue acceptance by being kind, caring, and helpful. They are highly altruistic and empathetic, but sometimes give too much of themselves because they are so eager to be connected with others. They are sincere, warm-hearted, but can struggle with not being able to say no and being a people pleaser. 
their basic fear is being unloved or unwanted, and their basic desire is to feel loved. Their superego says, hey, you are good if you are loved by others. They have a one and a three wing, and when they are in growth, they will take on healthy characteristics of a four, and when they are in stress, a two will take on unhealthy characteristics of an Enneagram eight. Three, the achiever. Threes are defined by their desire to achieve. They want to advance in the world and will sacrifice for success, vigorously pursuing tasks and becoming utterly absorbed in the pursuit of attainment. They're very goal-oriented, and their need to stand out from the crowd means that they are especially focused on goals that bring rewards and prestige. They're efficient and adaptable, but can struggle with facing failure and attaching their worth to their success. So they have this basic fear of being worthless and a basic desire to feel accepted and desirable. And their superego says, you are good as long as you're successful. So Enneagram 3s have a two-wing and a four-wing. And when in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of a six. And when they are in stress, they take on unhealthy characteristics of a nine. Four, the individualist. Fours are defined by their belief that they are different from other people and by their feelings of envy for what others have. Fours have the sense that something is missing from their lives, and they worry that they will never have the happiness that other people experience. They tend to channel this sense of longing into passionate creativity and originality, looking for ways to be special and unique. They are highly innovative and creative, but can struggle with that envy and moodiness. So their basic fear is having no identity or personal significance. And their basic desire is to find that identity. And they have a superego that says, hey, you are good if you are true to yourself. They have a wing three and a wing five. And when in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of an Enneagram one. And when in stress, will take on unhealthy characteristics of an Enneagram two. Five, the investigator. Fives are driven by a belief that their resources are scarce and that they don't have enough of what they need. Unlike other types who go out into the world and get what they need, fives instead aim to need as little as possible. So to achieve this, they withdraw from the world, retreating into their minds to conserve their time, their energy, and other resources. They are thoughtful and curious, but can struggle with being detached and high-strung. So the basic fear of a five is being helpless or useless. And their basic desire is to become competent and capable. They have a superego that says, hey, you are good if you have mastered something. Enneagram fives have a wing four and a wing six. And when in, in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of an Enneagram eight And when they are in stress, they take on unhealthy characteristics of an Enneagram 7. Six, the loyalist. Sixes are preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. They have active minds which are constantly scanning for danger and creating contingency plans. 
They are highly attuned to risk and typically have a clear idea of what they will do in any worst case scenario. They are reliable and trustworthy, but can struggle with being suspicious and pessimistic. Their basic fear is being unable to survive, and their basic desire is to find security and support. They have a super ego that says, hey, you're good if you do what is expected of you. They have a five and a seven wing, and when in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of a nine, and when in stress, they take on unhealthy characteristics of a three. Seven, the enthusiast. Sevens are defined by their desire to experience everything good and pleasurable that the world has to offer, while avoiding pain, boredom, and limitations. Sevens avoid negative emotions and experiences, instead focusing on their imagination and zest for life to keep them moving forward and embarking upon new adventures. They are optimistic and spontaneous, but can struggle to focus, and they are easily distracted and bored. Their basic fear is being deprived or trapped in pain, and their basic desire is to be happy and fulfilled. Their superego message says, hey, you're good if you get what you need. They have a six wing and an eight wing, and when in growth, they will take on healthy characteristics of an Enneagram 5, and when in stress, will take on unhealthy characteristics of a 1. Eight, the challenger. Eights see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. They rarely see themselves as having vulnerabilities and have the belief that they can handle pretty much anything that comes their way. Eights typically see themselves as fighters, standing up for what is right and protecting the weak. Eights are authoritative and encouraging, but can struggle with being vulnerable and being seen as intimidating. Their basic fear is being harmed and controlled by others, and their basic desire is to protect themselves and remain in control. Their superego says, you are good if you are strong and in control. They have a seven wing and a nine wing. When in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of an Enneagram two, and when in stress, take on unhealthy characteristics of a five. So the last type here, nine, the peacemaker. Nines are defined by a desire to live in peaceful harmony with their environment. They want a sense of balance and calm and aspire to a kind of homeostasis where nothing disturbs their inner peace. They tend to be easygoing and accepting of what is happening around them, but can become resistant and willfully oblivious when something in the environment threatens to throw them off balance. They are collaborative and supportive, but can struggle with being passive-aggressive and being in touch with their own needs. Their basic fear is loss or separation, and their basic desire is to maintain inner stability. Their superego says, hey, you're good if those around you are okay. A nine has an eight wing and a one wing, and when in growth, they take on healthy characteristics of an Enneagram three And when in stress, take on unhealthy characteristics of a six. So that wraps up the numbers. Um, Stay tuned for that deep dive into each number. But in the meantime, check out my Instagram page and uh, all kinds of things on my website too. Just fun facts, information, free resources for all Enneagram types. So the main point of this whole thing, this episode, and really the foundation for my coaching is you are not defined by your personality 
And you can consciously choose how to use this information to better yourself and your life. So if you've not gathered it, uh, I am a seven. So right, typically sevens can be that spontaneous, uh, fun person, but can also be a little scatterbrained and unlikely to follow through on things if it gets boring or redundant. So I could unconsciously continue to exude these behaviors based on my motivators, right? Being trapped in pain and I, all I want to do is just be happy, right? And here's the thing is... Um, we can bring awareness to this, right? Conscious awareness. And here's an example, a very common one that I didn't know I did until I discovered my Enneagram type. I would start a project and it would get too complicated. And so because I don't like being trapped in pain, right? Painful confusion, or I can't figure out the answer, or it's getting painfully boring. I'm out because I just want to have fun and be happy, which is my core desire. And where does that leave me? If I, if this is now a pattern, and believe me, it was, uh, it left me with no growth and likely 16 unfinished projects, right? So like, pretty bird, let's go have fun. So I could stay in that pattern, that habit, or I could wake up and bring awareness, consciousness to these patterns and change my behavior, take the mask off. Whereas, you know, really that superego is like, no, 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 leave the mask on, leave the mask on. We don't want you to be trapped in pain. Don't push through, right? I could bring consciousness and take my mask off and realize, hey, uh, why do I have these 16 unfinished projects? And I think about it and I'm like, okay, well, I love like the creative and the fun part, but when it gets too hard or confusing, that's when I typically quit. And it takes a moment to sit back and realize, oh, wait a minute, I can break this pattern and actually end up finishing something, right? You don't have to wear the mask anymore. You can take it off, right? You do not have to be defined by your personality. You don't have to avoid confrontation just because you're an Enneagram 9. You don't have to tie your worthiness to your successes just because you're a 3. You don't have to grasp onto things that are familiar just because you are a 6, But you do have to have awareness of what you do and dig deeper into why you do it. Wouldn't it be nice to uh, keep and understand all of the things that you like about yourself and work on eliminating the things that aren't serving you anymore? And that's exactly what I base my coaching in because it's, it's really nothing shy of amazing. I've experienced it myself and I've just seen so many people use the Enneagram as a tool to not hide behind their mask and uh, let a conscious life begin to form, right? Bring consciousness to that unconscious uh, personality pattern and really discover who they are and truly begin to create their fate. And that is my goal for you as well. So tune in if you are interested in a little bit of a deep dive into each personality type. Uh, Stay tuned for the mini pods that are coming out. And that's what I got for you. I I believe that you can use this for your benefit. I can you can use this to change your life. I believe you can create your life. 
And I believe that you can create your fate. So to connect with more thoughts and inspiration, uh, catch me on Instagram at Let's Create Your Fate or online at Let's Create Your Fate.com. If you love this episode, uh, subscribe, write a review, send this to somebody who you think might benefit from this or who is into the Enneagram so we can all begin to understand ourselves and become the most competent version of ourselves. So that's what I got for you today. But if I could leave you with just one thing, it is this. Expect good things. Always. And they will happen. Thanks for joining me today. And I will talk to you all soon. 